Here oh, we yeah. go again. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Neat on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate. Also, and John. Brandon. Boys, this week, we are going to recap this past Saturday's UFC 277 and new champion, Amanda Nunes. We'll get to mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to spin it forward with our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Ultimate Fighter finale. Uh, it's a fight night headlined by Jamal Hill and Tiago Santos. But spoiler alert, if you're looking for the Ultimate Fighter talk, this is not the pod for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also are going to play a little game, a uh, new game called Hit. Or no, what did I call this game? Give me a minute, boys. Um... Uh, I didn't put the name. More or less. Untitled. I didn't put the name in my notes. It's called More or Less. Um, And this could be the shortest game in Neon Belly history if these guys absolutely suck. Spoiler alert number two, they're probably going to suck. So stick around for that. And finally, per usual, all the news and happenings in the world of mixed martial arts and more. But first, boys, how are we doing? Episode 89. Getting up there, man. You know any good number 89s, John? Ooh. Any come to mind? Mm. Wasn't Reggie Wayne 89? I think he was 84. 87. 87. 87. Yeah, that right? Re- Marvin Harrison was 88. Um, Fair enough. I don't know 89s like that. Fair enough. You know any good 80, anything good with 89 no. for you, Brandon? No, 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 no. Not a good year. How do you feel about the year of 89? Yeah, what about probably, probably good. I wasn't around. Probably decent. Probably do you good. wish you were around? Not really. <laughs> Just wondering. <laughs> Fair enough. Boys. We're going to get right into UFC 277, but before we do, John, Mm -hmm. let the people know, rate, sub, follow. We don't have ads on this podcast, so this is our one and only. Let them know. Sponsored by ourselves. Sponsored by Uh, ourselves. Yeah, yeah, guys, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, there's an easy rating system. You can give us five stars on both of those. On Apple Podcasts, you can actually give us a review. When you do those type of things, it pushes us up into people's suggested and algorithms, and that really helps us out. Um, and we have a lot of things we want to do, and getting reach is what's going to help us get that. We're also very active on our social media, Neon Belly Podcast, on Instagram and TikTok. We put up posts, uh, clips of our our episodes there you guys can get with us there we love to comment back with you guys follow us we follow back those type of things fair enough boys last night ufc 277 from dallas texas our main event amanda nunez defeating julian payon via no, I'm just kidding. juliana Hul- juliana payon gosh espn <laughs> Amanda Nunes defeating Julian, yeah, Juliana Pena via unanimous decision to reclaim the women's bantamweight cha- uh, championship. Excuse me, boys. Juliana Pena as tough as any fighter on this roster. Yeah. Man, woman doesn't care. Uh, but boy, that was absolute domination uh, by Amanda Nunes. Um, actually, John called this perfectly. I thought uh, about halfway through the second round, you had noticed the adjustment that Amanda had made fighting Southpaw, mm-hmm. uh, fighting with that uh, lead right hand forward. Um, and you had even said it perfectly, I thought, is that Pena, you could tell, did not see that, mm-hmm. account for that at all. She probably no. didn't have any, she had no answer for it. Um, so much so that Amanda dropped Pena three times in the second round with that lead right hand. Um, then proceeded actually after that to take her down for the next three rounds, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, controlled P- Pena largely on the ground. Um, and despite Pena's best efforts to attack some submissions from her back, including a very close arm bar in the third round, it just was never enough. Your guys' thoughts on the performance. John, we'll start with you. All right. Well, first of all, I think they said 25 submission attempts by uh Yeah, dude. Pena, Pena never stopped. Like, you got to yeah, give her she some was, credit there. She was working to set him up. I mean, look, I mean, Amanda did a really good job defending, obviously. Sure. Um, stayed out of danger. That, Like I said, like you said, that I had said, with the adjustment to going southpaw, yeah. that right hand was over there. She wobbled her in the first round, Couple started times, dropping yeah. her in the second. Um, and even from that southpaw stance, that's where all her takedowns came from. Sure. She shot from that as well. So I wonder, you know, we talk about, you know, Jacob talks about a lot when we do training for wrestling is he likes to wrestle with his right foot forward. And maybe they found out Amanda does that better from there. And there's like, all right, well, let's make a double adjustment. Yeah. Kier's a good example of that. He trains with us. He does, um, he's a righty, but he mm-hmm. fights southpaw cause he shoots better off his, yeah. With his, that leg forward. And I thought Amanda did a really good job of any time she ended up back orthodox, she immediately switched right back to that southpaw because yeah. she knew that was the game plan and she stuck to it. Um, Pena, obviously, like you said, toughest 
fighter you've seen uh, in a long time yeah. lost part of her forehead in this fight yeah literally <laughs> ate so many elbows Chunk, yeah at one point, um, Amanda was attacking from her back and was squeezing on her. You just seen blood just pulling down. Mm-hmm. You could see it on the fences, like, stringing down. Like, it was a bloodbath. But I think Amanda definitely got her lick back in this one. Yeah, what about you, Brandon? I thought, you know, obviously the southpaw, but what did you think of the takedowns from Amanda? Because, I mean, not that we've never seen Amanda takedown, but I thought that was, like, kind of a new little addition to her game, maybe, especially some of those, like, kind of step-in, trippy takedowns. Yeah, so that was another interesting point. So, kind of on the other side of that, so if I remember right, one of the stats I threw out at the end of the fight was that Pena had landed a takedown in her last nine UFC fights, and she didn't attempt a single one in this one. Sure. You know, I wonder how much of that's due to the stand switch by um, Nunes. Just threw everything off. Yeah, I mean, the takedowns were obviously big. Um, I think a lot of it was Nunez, in theory, was better on the ground. Sure. Interestingly enough, there was a lot of big moments from Pena on the ground from yeah. there. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was a big adjustment as well, being able to throw in the takedowns. Um, yeah, just interesting. Pena just didn't have an answer for anything. I mean, yeah. just that, sw- that stand switch, I'm guessing, you know, that was really just the nail in the coffin for the whole fight so yeah and you know amanda's the goat right i mean she's literally the best women's uh, female fighter of all time at Mm. this point um i think she definitely deserves that title um so you know there is aspects where when you're talking about the greatest of all time and i think it's okay to get a little nitpicky and those last Mm. three rounds were a bit frustrating to watch at times because it's almost like amanda was accepting being in pena's guard which is okay to a degree she was landing some big elbows doing some big damage but pena was was dangerous. I mean, she threw up, like we said, 20-some submission attempts, some of them pretty close. You know, like I said, that arm bar, I thought it was done. I mean, that was tight. Credit to Amanda for getting out of that, but there was an aspect where you're like, we just kept saying it last night, like, just finish it. Like, you, mm-hmm. I, it just kind of felt like she could finish it at any time, just kind of refused to pass, didn't want to be in side control, even got to half guard, did some damage from top half guard, but just kind of allowed Penny to get the knee back in, get back to, like, it was just like she was so willing to stay in full guard. The it last, like, like, what, 50 seconds of the fight yeah. was where you really started to see her start to step into kind of that crucifix yeah. taking the back but sure. everything else before that was just yep just gonna sit and guard kind of chill here i mean i don't know if she was really chilling that just yeah. how it seemed um but yeah it was a little frustrating to watch and, and i don't know either like i said last night is i because she was kind of hesitant to even when she was dropping pinion those first two rounds and she was hesitant to follow her to the ground and i had kind of said you know i wonder if that first fight she was so grapple heavy in that first round that maybe she felt they felt like that could have been what tired made, made her gas a little bit quicker and mm-hmm. so maybe she was a little hesitant to grapple or really go for it there um but nonetheless i mean it's still just an absolute mm-hmm. dominant i think there was one judge gave it a full 10-8 round in there. Uh, maybe One judge two, gave two, two And I think that's very fair. Second in the fifth yeah. or fourth, something like that. I, I think it was like the second. In, well, the third she had the arm bar, so you probably yeah. wouldn't 10-8 that. But, yeah, I mean, it was dominant. So mm-hmm. were you going to add something? No, I was just going to oh. say um, – it, it did seem like, you know, even Juliana kind of seemed like she left her guard open a couple times. And even sometimes when Amanda would get to side, it almost seemed like she would float toward wanting to get back to a half or yeah. even full guard. Um, but she did turn it on in that fifth. So it's like, I wonder where that could have been. Sure. In some of these other parts, especially when you had her hurt, yeah. you know, land a couple big elbows. But like you said, dominant. Yeah. Uh, I did see Valentina tweeted that um, Amanda copied her whole striking style. So congratulations type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, so let's spin it forward for Amanda, right? Because, you know, what would you guys like to see next for Amanda Nunez? I mean, I think it'd be awesome if the story just ended here. I mean, that's a storybook, Hall of Fame career. Um, She has nothing more to prove. The greatest female, um, you know, combat athlete, in my opinion, possibly of all time. Especially getting your win back. Uh, Yeah, you got your win back. You know, Valentina probably have something to say about that. Uh, But, you know, she's just not there yet, right? I mean, Amanda's done it in two weight classes. There's something to be said for that as well. Well, and Amanda's beat her twice. Sure, yep. She's beat Valentina twice. Um, But based off of her post-fight comments, she is going to take some time. I don't think she's going anywhere. You know, some suggested Ketlin Vieira next. Um, But, you know, so I guess we'll start there. Like, what do you guys think next? Actually, I will ask this because based off Amanda's last two performances that we have seen of her, would you guys favor her in a third fight with Valentina Shevchenko? Like, how? What, what do you guys think about Amanda Valentina three now today, having seen what we've seen? Because the first, you know, two performances, you know, we kind of talked last week. Yeah, that could have just been a fluke. Um, last night, very dominant, but so I. I said last night I would favor Valentina. Like if I if the and the Nunes that showed up last night, which put a beating on Pena against Valentina, I would favor Valentina in that matchup. It's not to say that Nunes can't again make some adjustments and and pull it out, 
But just the way Valentina's looked in the stand-up, man, I just have a feeling that she would have some some trouble um, for Nunez if they were to match up again. Yeah, what do you think, John? Because, I mean, Pena did have some good success there. Catching Amanda pretty right. big at times, especially early, that you do wonder if that was Valentina. What would that look like? You know, is she eating those shots? Yeah, and I think what, in my opinion, I think it kind of might be what happens in the first two is just Amanda's just too big. I think especially in the grappling area. If she uses the takedowns like she did this last fight, Valentina, although she isn't bad off of her back at all, I don't think she's big enough to get her off of her. Because I think that's what happened in the last, in their second fight, right? A lot of people thought it could have went either way, but Amanda leaned on the grappling, stayed on top of her, didn't let her really do much. And Amanda is really tough, too. She has a really good chin as well. So if she can eat a shot to take her down, I think it could be very interesting. But I do think that it's kind of closed the gap a little bit as far mm-hmm. as the last couple performances from both. If you look at their last two performances, Valentina obviously looks a little bit more sharper and on top of her game. Yeah, skill for skill, you know, that's where you kind of think maybe Valentina. I do think size is just a big problem, though. You know, Amanda's a big 35er. She's even higher. So. Yeah, so you do wonder where size would play into that but man it would be interesting Mm -hmm. yeah because technique for technique i do think valentina has closed the gap there for Mm -hmm. sure boys let's hit it again the co-main event (laughs) brandon moreno defeating kai car france via third round tko and capturing the interim flyweight title uh moreno lands just a Filthy, filthy liver kick that collapses Kaikara. Um, the sound of that kick was unreal. Uh, I'm going to pull the sound of that kick up as you guys tell me your thoughts on the fight. Actually, I think I have it queued up. Let's just play that kick real quick. Hopefully hopefully this translates to the uh, audio of the podcast. Listen, guys. This is the impact. Oh. Uh, oh. Let's hit it one more time for the people in the back. <laughs> just listen Let's to this, guys. Listen, guys. This is the impact. Oh, guys, like if you didn't watch this fight, that is a toe driving into the liver of Kai Kara France, and he just absolutely collapses. Can't blame him there. Body shuts down. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. nothing you can do. Uh, but your guys' thoughts on the fight. Would John take the? the I think that's a good idea. The Lonely Heart Boy. Let's get to it. Well, obviously, my boy lost. Um, I thought he had a really good game plan. I thought his leg kicks were working really well. He was winning the third round. Um, I actually looked at the judges' scorecards. I don't know if you guys. I have not. One judge had two rounds for Moreno. One judge had two rounds for Kai, and another judge had one and one. Ooh, interesting. So if you go into that third round, if he doesn't get kicked right there, he could be up three rounds. He definitely was winning the three rounds. Right. I thought the third round. For Kai was the clearest round so far of that fight. Right. You know, as far as one guy winning. The first two were close. I gave him to Moreno edging it. Um, Could have won either way, though. Right. But, yeah, that third round, very clearly yeah. Kai Kara. So, if you get through that third round, he's up 3-0 on one judge. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 2-1 on another, and then sure. he'd be 1-2 and two on the other one. But, um, yeah, I mean, you can't – there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. I thought um, if it could have got on to further rounds, although, you know, Kai didn't have that experience in those late rounds, I thought those leg kicks were really adding up. But Moreno's a dog, um, came through with that big kick. And I mean, there's nothing you can do. Your body shuts down. I thought um, Moreno was mixing up some really weird feints. And you could tell this camp change changed up a little bit of his style. Um, But I definitely think um, Kai had a really good showing for himself. Yeah, what do you think, Brandon? Um, because the leg kicks, I think, were adding up. Kai did put a pretty significant cut over, under the eye of Moreno the that was elbow. bleeding with the elbow. Um, it was not going to affect his vision at all. I mean, obviously, swelling blood still creates a little bit of problem there. But um, you had kind of mentioned, you were kind of wondering if Kai was fading a bit towards the end of that third round, right before the kick, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what do you think? Had it had gone a couple more rounds, given, because I do think that Brandon's lead leg was starting to get ate up a little bit. It seemed like his movement was starting to be hindered a bit the cut do you think Kai was a live dog there or do you think he was inevitably going to fade so I think it was definitely the question of which one was going to go first Moreno's leg or Kai's cardio Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know the answer to that Yeah, Um, yeah, obviously Moreno's leg was starting I mean he was wearing some damage there and you could see it a little bit in his mobility yeah but Moreno as everyone said here he's a dog like he's going to push the entire pace of the fight it's not going to slow down as much as his leg could could handle I suppose Um, but Kai I definitely think in that third round especially all 
although it was his best round, um, you could just kind of see some big breaths, a little bit of a change in mm-hmm. terms of his body language, his composure. So, I, you know, I don't know. It was up in the air heading into the fourth and fifth, but um, it didn't matter because Moreno landed that kick and uh, crumbled him. So I, it was still a good showing for Kai. I still think he's very relevant in the division, obviously. Um, tough loss for him, but yeah. he looked good up to that point. And, man, I think it's just one of those things, and, and we say it all the time on this podcast, is there's just a thing about, and, Brandon, you even said it last week with fighting a guy like Figueredo three times. It's a lot of fight time. It's a lot of time to get to know, learn a lot about yourself, your technique, your skills, and there's just something to being a champion and knowing how to win, finding a way to win when you're down. I mean, you're losing the round. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could tell that Brandon was very compromised towards the end of that round, and, and like he, I think they even said on con- commentary, he was losing focus a little bit, getting a little wild, but just to be able, you know, because the whole sequence there was Kai snatched, looked looked like snatched a single right kind of yeah. just went for mm-hmm. a snatch single got the leg and then moreno connected with a spinning back fist um and then as they kind of were resetting um he just landed that liver kick so it's like there is just something about having that experience and i think even for a guy like kai man getting in there getting that experience he's going to be better moving mm-hmm. forward um so you know like you guys said just a great fight high level stuff i mean even through two and a half rounds you're like this yeah. fight is just on a, it's a different level man yeah, they were they were both showing their game plan and, yeah. and doing really good kyle landed some big punches moreno um did a really good job with mixing it up as well that jab was out there the whole time busting kai up so yeah and like john had mentioned uh uh, for you know Moreno changing camps we didn't call that last night or excuse me last week we didn't know that weren't privy to the camp change there uh, but he did move to James Krause's gym um, Brandon Moreno so congrats to James Krause for getting his first UFC champion what they say he was 0-3 in championship yeah. fights mm-hmm. until last night so uh, congrats to him as a coach to to be able to coach a guy like Moreno and I thought Moreno looked better I mean I thought he looked he showed like like John said some of that fainty stuff not that we haven't seen him do that but I mean I thought he looked really sharp and um I like hearing James Krause coach, man. He's very, even in the corner, he's very detail oriented. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, you can kind of follow the fight when you're listening to him. So, uh, Fig- Figueredo did get in the cage after. Um, trilogies are super rare, but quads like really next to never happen. Yeah. Yet, this is the situation the UFC has created, right? They booked this fight. This was the risk they took. Um, and being the champ, that fight does have to happen now. Figueredo, mm-hmm. Brandon Moreno. Um, but what is your guys' appetite for seeing this fight for a third time, especially when it seems like the flyweights are on fire, man? Like, we'll get to the next fight here in a minute um, with the other flyweight fight on this card. But mm-hmm. it's like, man, like, what do you guys think? Do you really want to see this fight for a fourth time right now after having just seen it three times yeah. back to back to back? I guess I would say what makes it difficult is we don't, and we can talk about it too, but with um, Figueredo, you don't know how much longer you're going to have him in the division because he has talked about going up mm-hmm. and he did look pretty big in that cage. Yeah. Um, and it's tough because those, their fights are always so good though. Yeah. It's not like they're like, it's yeah. like the Max and Volk thing where it's sure. just like, I could kind of watch these guys fight, fight every all the week. time. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's kind of, it's honestly, man, it's not that high for me. Like I understand they have to put the fight together at some level because they put themselves in that situation. But yeah, for me, just like the first round was a draw. It was really close. Second round, Moreno came through, right, and got the sub. Mm-hmm. Third fight, Figgy, you know, pulled out that razor-thin decision. Yeah. I mean, so I just, the, the question becomes, again, who's going to make the adjustments, right? Who's going to improve? And I, I would say Moreno with that, that switch to Kraus. That's a big kind of wrinkle there. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, man, I'd love to see like what we'll kind of get to, like some some newer blood yeah. kind of get involved in the picture too. Sure. But, is what it is. It's probably what they're going to have to go forward with. I agree. A guy whose name rhymes with Schmalish Mandre Schmanchnoja. <laughs> I would love to see get this shot, but we'll get to him in a minute. Boys, the next fight, Sergei Pavlovich defeating Derek Lewis via first round TKO. The Boo Birds were chirping for this one. And Dallas uh, was not happy. Crazy barrage of punches thrown by both men early. Sergey just more accurate, um, and then eventually dropping Lewis. Uh, Dan Murgulata jumps in, stops the fight, um, uh, and Derek Lewis immediately jumps up in protest. Mm-hmm. Um, did not seem like he was super dazed or out of it. He seemed pretty there. Um, so we'll just start there. Your guys' thoughts on the uh, Derek Lewis Sergey Pavlovich stoppage? I'm still not completely disappointed by it. I mean, I, I can see why people are, given the way he shot up. But I still believe, like, if you look at the that angle, excuse me, where it's kind of from the the back, and you see Lewis's arm fall the mm-hmm. way it did. If seeing that, and that's what Mergliata saw, man, I completely understand sure. it. Um, you know how how 
I, how aware was Lewis that he was stepping in to stop it? And was he, I don't, and I'm not claiming this is what he was doing, but how much was he really just trying to put on the show of like, Oh no, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Versus like, you know, he truly was in it. I, yeah. I don't know. But to be honest, I didn't think it was the worst stoppage in the world. I mean, we've seen some bad ones, um, but I understand why people didn't like sure. it. I feel like we've seen fights where Derek, the, the fights that Derek Lewis does get knocked out in. Yeah. You can see he's just like, dang, I got knocked out. Yeah. He's very down. He's, he kind of seems accepting of it. I did think that he was up and ready to go. And I think, we kind of get a little bit jaded because heavyweights kind of have this thing where yeah. you kind of let them go. Like, in my opinion, I thought it should have kept on going. If he hits a couple follow-up shots and there's no answer, I get it. Mm-hmm. But And I think Derek Lewis, too, has a history of being down and getting hurt in fights and oh, being able sure. to come back. You know, that's kind of what his calling card was for a long time. Um, I thought, I mean, everybody, I haven't seen one person saying online, like fighters and personalities, like necessarily agreeing with the stoppage. I know Dana didn't like it per se. Mm-hmm. I know you had talked about how Dan kind of had like body language, like, man, I might've stopped yeah. that a little prematurely and kind of yeah. cost the fans a, a chance to see Derek get in there and give himself right. another chance. But so here's the thing. I, I personally have no problem with the stoppage. Um, like John said, we have, we do have a history of Derek Lewis recovering really well. Um, you know, he's in Texas. You, it's two heavyweights. You want to see those fights go until the end. Um, but I, like I said, I have no problem. You know, Derek Lewis landed face first on the mat, uh, mm-hmm. with that shot, his, and on his elbows at that. It's not like he fell at all fours where he was still holding himself up. I mean, he fell straight to his face elbows flared out the referee has a split second to make a decision right there mm-hmm. and these are two heavyweights two really big guys throwing four ounce gloves at each other and he's got a second to, and he's seeing Derek Lewis laying face first and Sergey's closing the distance to follow up with those shots he jumps in could Lewis have kept fighting optics would tell you absolutely he could have kept fighting but optics also tell you that was not a good look to fall face first like that not his fault just how he fell his body shut off and um I, I do understand fighters and and uh, like Dana White and fans being like, mm-hmm. oh, it should have went further. That's fair enough. Fighters aren't referees. Right. Fans aren't referees. Dana White's not a referee. These guys are trained. And, and as much as sometimes I know there's decisions that I haven't agreed with and different things like that, but fighters are always going to say, let the fighters fight. And right. I totally respect that opinion. And they should have that opinion. But... They're, the referee is in there to keep everybody safe. And, right. and, that, and those are two... I mean, dude, Sergey Pavlovich is massive. Right. And when you see Derek Lewis, who is coming off of two knockout losses, laying face first on the mat, and Sergey's walking up to, like plow him in the face mm-hmm. it's it's tough not to like okay no no, no you know if you, fl- if you flip it too like let's say that the Merlin did, didn't step in and let's say he lands six more shots after that now we're having the conversation about oh he he let him eat yeah. five shots he didn't need to it's you know it's and that's yeah. a six 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 strike difference there yeah um so it is a very small window of time to kind of look mm-hmm. at and and i do think uh, Derek was okay. I think he 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 did he did wobble back. If you guys go watch it again, um, he did kind of seem like he took a couple steps back. Maybe fell into the cage when he stood up. So probably a little wobbly. Probably could have kept going though. It's mm-hmm. Derek Lewis. I would never count that dude out until he's out. But yeah, man, it's just it's a tough job. And and like I said, I, I where I respect the fighters' opinions on a lot of things. I don't necessarily take their word when it comes to refereeing because they're not trained referees. Unless mm-hmm. they've been through referee training or whatever, it's different. But right. I just think you're dealing with a different uh, vision of how the fights and, and or the, how you're supposed to stop them. Right. right. So, and, I, and I feel like I've I've heard stories of certain fighters that will tell the refs like backstage, like, hey, man. Let me go. Give me my chances. Let me go. Sure. And I feel like Derek Lewis is the type who – I'm not that he might vocalize that, but he definitely is much of a – let me go until I'm out. Oh, I think he vocalizes because we've yeah. seen it happen. It's and yeah. I don't and I don't think that necessarily the result of the fight would change much because he was get he was yeah. getting hit clean and hard yeah. by somebody who puts people out. Sure. But you just kind of as a fan of Derek Lewis, you'd like to see him get that chance. But I also understand that yeah, you know referees break in and that's the fight. If you don't want that to happen, then don't fall. It, yeah. and, and I don't know what's next for Derek Lewis. You know he's 38. Um, that's three losses in a row. That's mm-hmm. or no, he has a he win. He beat Dawkins, lost yes. to okay, so Tuavasa. Lo- lost to Gone in Texas, beat Dawkins, lost to Ty in Texas, and now he's just lost to Sergey in Texas. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know. Maybe won- just don't fight in Texas. No, I think that's all. I think he needs to be done. If, yeah. they, if they come to him, I don't care, main event, title, he just needs to say no. I'm not fighting in Texas anymore. I think it's too... He's talked about it. I think mm-hmm. it's too much pressure for him. And fair, like some people can't handle that. And that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Right. If you can't handle that pressure, cool. Like you're fighting. You have the right to say like, no, nah, I'm good on that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um. So I would like... If, if he continues, I do think he will. 
like let's just get let's get the Texas thing over with. Like yeah. no more. It was fun. It was cool. He'll always be received well there. But um, clearly, he performs better not there. Put him in the crowd next time. Get a big move that way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and then on the other side, that's four straight uh, for Sergey. Two wins this year. He's definitely making up for lost time uh, with his time off. And I think he's due for a pretty big fight next. I, I don't know. Maybe a Curtis Blades. Um, you know, there, there's just a lot of guys up there that I think could use some fights right now. And I think he's put himself in that situation where he's going to have to fight one of these big guys now because mm-hmm. he's looking good. Mm-hmm. Um, next fight. Look, gosh, I'll just keep it going, baby. Alexandre Pantoja defeating Alex Perez via first round rear naked boys. I think we have a new flyweight number one contender. In my opinion, um, Alex Perez has been off for two years, and he wasted no time. I mean, these mm-hmm. two came out. There was no feeling out process. 100%. Instantly throwing bombs at each other. Um, and given the, but just, and then obviously Pantoja gets the back, locks up that nasty rear naked. Um, we kind of talked about like uh, just the crank. It really wasn't even under. He was just cranking his neck really hard. Um, but man, given the fact that Perez's last fight was a title fight against Figgy, I just want to see Pantoja get, I, I, he deserves that, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I said, I mean, I know, I know Perez has been off for a couple years and Figueredo did beat him, but you just beat a guy that his last fight was for a title. You beat him in the first round. Impressive. I've been high on Pantoja for a while. I mean, he's super good, well-rounded. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had some unfortunate decision or fights go his way, losses. But I'm excited for him. I'm excited for this division. And I just think he's another, like, I don't want to see him fight Kai Kara. You know, like, I, like I said, I understand Figueredo and Moreno has to happen. It's right. I get it. But it's Interim just like, champion. Yeah, it's to... just like so, like, oh, I just want to see this fresh matchup, man. They were talking about that a little bit on the on the show at the, after the fights. It was like, if you're Pantoja, what do you do? And everyone was kind of like, I think you just waited out a little bit. I 100%. You just, kinda, you just mm-hmm. hold your cards. And when that might be an injury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, what, we're in August, so it's not crazy to think. I mean, I know if they said Figueredo has the hand surgery or something that's why he didn't fight mm-hmm. in this fight you know I don't know where he's at in his recovery but if that fight could happen at the end of the year I mean yeah dude take the rest of the year off get keep getting better and let's let's see this in like March next year or something but if I'm Pantoja I'm sitting out because man that was just as dominant of a performance as you can get against a guy like Perez who like I said super experienced super mm-hmm. talented uh, boys next fight in our last one uh, on the main card Magomed Ankalaev defeating Anthony Smith via second round TKO Magomed landing some nasty Nasty leg kicks that definitely appear to do some serious damage to Smith's leg. Um, even drop Smith somewhat in that first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of weird. We couldn't tell what it was, but probably I think that leg gave out on him. Um, then in the second round, the leg just completely looked compromised. Smith essentially, you know, Old shot. Yeah, he had Magomed up against the cage and then was trying to press and, and get the hands clapped. And I think the leg just was just done. Sat he sat down and, and then Magomed with the nasty ground and pound. Like the sound of those shots were. Yeah, should have had that one queued up for this. Yeah, yeah, those <laughs> things were just nasty. Uh, uh, Anthony Smith instantly said his leg was broke, and then Rogan was kind of talking like his leg was broke, and then I sent you guys. Dana said there's no fracture. Um, I don't know if it was drop foot, maybe just a nerve from those. Yeah. Le- I mean, those were some, especially the inside leg kicks that Magomed landed there were just hard, nasty. Um, but nonetheless, eight in a row for Magomed. Same thing, number one contender. I mean. I'm waiting. Like I said, we know Yuri mm-hmm. Glover's probably next, but gosh. So man. maybe Magomed Yan? I think that's the fight to make. Yeah. I mean, you could. Yeah, probably. I bet that's what they'll do. Because the fight we're about to preview, there's a chance that somebody could put their name in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's Especially a good if point. they have a really a really uh, big performance. I don't so. know, man, though. Eight in a row for Magomed. Like, lot. that's hard to just, especially at 205, that is tough to lock him out. You know, if he wants to fight again, fine. But same thing, man. You might just see a situation where he's like, hey, I'll let Yuri and Glover do their thing and I'll be here. And when it's done, that's, that's the fight I want. Cause yeah. And if Paul Craig doesn't get a, last second submission in his first fight that's you know nine in a row Mm -hmm. all UFC wins it's crazy uh boys that is it for UFC 277 main card um any I didn't really write anything for the prelims I don't know if you guys had anything specifically Drew Dober Drew Dober I did not have okay so I didn't watch that fight I spaced you told me to go back and okay so him and um I think it's Rafael Alves let me make sure that's right yeah Rafael Alves uh it finished in the third round in the first round, Rafael Alves did a really good job of taking him down and using his um, grappling. Second round, they start banging. Drew Dober, yeah. they start just throwing hands at each other in the third round. Definitely watch it because, obviously, 
Brandon Moreno had the best body shot of the night, but this one is very close. He throws yeah. a left to the body, and Alves just crumbles completely. Yeah. And it's another one that sounds real bad, but yeah. Drew Dober just doing Drew Dober things of being tough and then eventually finishing people was really impressive. Brandon, update us on our scores. Yeah, I'm going to go back and watch that fight. I, I really am excited. My I love Nikolai. Yeah, oh, yeah, my boy, my Romanian brother, Nikolai <laughs> Negomeri, new with the nasty, just vicious, Neeks. vicious Oof. knockout. Yeah, he's looking good. Uh, Brandon, update us on our scores. All right, Nate, you were the biggest mover yesterday. Yesterday, you came away with five points, so you are now sitting at 55. John, you came away with three. You're at 48, and five I'm second. still at the top with 60. Came away with, with four on my end. Mm-hmm. Nice. There it is. Well, we are going to spin it. Straightforward, boys. That game is coming up. I cannot. I, I'm, I'm like sitting here as we're doing this episode thing, and I might need to change the format of this game because you guys don't even have your no game faith. faces. Yeah, I have literally zero. Listen, I'm always ready. I don't think so. I think, I think for the content, we're gonna have to change the rules a little bit because you guys, you guys don't seem on for a game. That's what I'm saying. Mm. You guys don't have that vicious, nasty snarl in your well, eyes. It's hard to say, like, because I know nothing about what you're gonna bring to the table. So it's not like I can talk. A big game about how ready right. I am. Fair enough. Boys, this Saturday night, UFC Fight Night, our main event in the light heavyweight division. Number 10, Jamal Hill taking on number 6, Thiago Santos. Boys, Jamal Hill is coming into this fight riding a two-fight win streak with back-to-back first-round wins over Jimmy Crew and most recently Johnny Walker back in February. Hill is 3-1 and one in his last four carries devastating knockout power um, that has really put him into this contender status in my opinion and with a win I really think he can inject his name into a number one contender fight in his next bout whether that's like I said a Magomed or he hold you know if Magomed holds he fights somebody else but he's right there with a win here I think he really puts himself right into that talk Um, but his opponent Thiago Santos is coming into this fight very, very desperate for a win, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, you know, since his close title loss to John Jones in 2019, um, a fight in which led to that nasty knee injury that saw him out for over a year, Santos has really struggled to find, um, you know, his old form. He's just one and three in his last four since returning to fighting, excuse me. His last loss was a unanimous decision loss to our boy Magomed back in March. Um, it is important to note that his losses have been to guys at the top of the division right. like Rakic, Glover, and Magomed. Those are his mm-hmm. last three losses, you know, and then his lone win was Johnny Walker. Um, you know, so he's still capable of beating those mid-tier guys in the division. It just seems like uh, he kind of struggles, you know, when he's up there at the top facing the very best. Uh, so that's why I think with a win here, uh, you know, Hill could really put himself in a good spot because Thiago is still very uh, still very skilled 205er and capable of gritting out some wins if you aren't you know on that next level so mm-hmm. we're gonna find out for Jamal Hill John tell us your thoughts and roll it into your pick alrighty I think this is a an interesting matchup because I feel like some of their both of their best performances recently were Johnny Walker right yeah um I've never seen somebody hit somebody so hard that they lean forward and then fall back <laughs> just like flailed yeah, yeah. I Jamal Hill just has a different level of power in his hands that yeah. we probably haven't seen at 205 since, like, Rumble. Sure. Um, and then Santos is always tough. Like you said, you know, he's not losing to Scrubs. Um, you know, after the John Jones fight, he had the f- tough fight with Glover where he just completely faded out. Sure. Um, even the Magomed fight was a weird one where neither one of them was really, like, doing what they usually do in their fights. Mm-hmm. Um but I feel really, really strong about Jamal Hill. I'm, I'm on that train, and I think that it stays stays true. I'm going to take Jamal Hill second round TKO. That was my pick. Uh, yeah, I'll keep it pretty brief here. Um, I, you know, I think if we don't see a new wrinkle to Santos's game based off of what we've seen, uh, I don't really see where he wins this fight. And when I say new wrinkle, I mean like kind of what we saw with Amanda, like a big stance change or, you know, implementing some new takedowns. You know, when he was performing at a high level, he was a very dynamic striker with excellent movement for a 205-er. And that aspect of his game just hasn't really been there and hasn't recovered with his knee. Um, mm-hmm. And Hill's power is devastating. I, like you said, I think he's probably the best power puncher in the UFC's 205-pound division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's extremely accurate. That right hand is the one you got to watch out for. You know, he's primarily 
fight southpaw um, to keep it forward. So he'll knock you out with that lead hand, you know, that right hand forward like he did against Jimmy Crute. But then he'll also switch stances and go orthodox and knock guys out like he did Johnny Walker in that last fight. So he's like I said, he's more than just a power striker. He's very, very good striker. Changes stances here and there. And you just, that right hand is just a piston, man. And he's hilarious. And he's fun. Yeah, he's a good, good follow on social media for sure. Uh, but yeah, I had uh, Hill second round TKO. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll extend it out around. I think um, Thiago has been in a decision monster lately. He's mm-hmm. still super tough. Like I said, still a real skilled, crafty veteran. Jamal's going to have to be on his game. I don't, I will say, I don't know that I like Jamal if this fight goes long. Um, he, he has had, I believe, one fight yeah, and went five fight. rounds. And that was a while ago before he was in the UFC. But I would be interested to see how his cardio would hold up, you know, over five rounds. So I think if he gets it done, it's got to be somewhere in the first three. Um, so give me Jamal Hill, third round TKO. Brandon. Yeah, I think unless Santos has kind of come back with the old him where he's really letting go and kind of sitting down on his punches and his kicks, I just don't think he's going to have much for Hill. Um, everyone who's fought Santos lately since Jones has been very weary, obviously, because Santos carries that power. Yeah. I don't see Hill playing into that. I think Hill is just going to walk him down and just throw that right hand like he's done with everybody else. So I, I have Hill winning this as well. I'm going to take a first-round knockout. Not a bad one. Uh, we are going to move into the co-main event. Brandon, tee us up if you would, sir. All right. So for our co-main event, we have a welterweight fight between number 6, Vicente Luque, and number 13, Jeff Neal. Um, so both these guys are, are looking to get back into the win column. Um, they the most recently, Luque was riding a four-fight win streak with wins over Nico Price, Randy Brown, Tyrone Woodley, and Michael Chiesa before he was derailed by Bilal Muhammad back in April. Um, and then Jeff Neal has been 2-2 two and two in his last four, most recently beating Santiago Ponzinibbio mm-hmm. um, by split decision back in December of last year. So it's been a little bit since his last contest. So be lookout on the lookout for Jeff Neal to kind of make a statement here that he belongs in the top 10 with a win against a guy like Luque, who's, you know, sitting in that top five threshold there with wins over really good guys. Um, Jeff Neal, very crisp boxing, very good stand-up. Um, hopefully he's able to kind of start letting go. His last couple of affairs have been fairly lackluster compared to his earlier days in yeah. the UFC. And then Luque, um, again, very, very strong power puncher when he lets go as well. We see him drop Tylen Woodley when, when he fought him. But, um... The biggest difference here is Luke on the ground, man. He's just got a nasty Darce, a nasty ground game. So look for Luke to possibly use some wrestling here. But ultimately, both these guys looking to get wins back on that right track. So should be a good one. John, same as the first. Roll us into your pick. All righty. Uh, you know, it's kind of crazy with Neil is, you know, being 14 and 4, it kind of feels like he's been like, I don't know if it's from an injury or whatever, but he was like on an 8 9 fight win streak mm. before these last two yeah. losses. Um, but since those, because he had, it was like knockout, knockout, lose a decision, lose a decision, win a decision. Mm-hmm. It just seems like he isn't letting go of his punches, kind of like a Tiago Santos. Um, especially, I remember like the Neil Magny fight, it felt like he was real pensive. And then Luke, I kind of even forgot about him and Bilal's fight. Like it was, yeah. I know we didn't, I know we left it feeling like Luke didn't give like his best performance. Yeah, like it didn't look like him. Off, right. Know. So I'm going to say that Luke gets back on track. Um, I think that he does have a, a big advantage on the ground, and I do think he has enough striking to stay up. So I'm going to take Luke by decision. Yeah, you know, the weird thing with Neil, um, so before his last fight, he got arrested like a couple weeks mm-hmm. out. If you guys remember, for like the DUI, yeah. I know he was going to pro or do like a protest of that, or or maybe it was like an unlawful carrying of a firearm. Both. I, he, yeah. was, he was best in DUI. They and it was kind of like, like, all right, dude, like, what do you, like, okay, fair enough. Maybe you weren't in the wrong there but what are you doing like out drinking and driving like two or three weeks before your fight or something mm-hmm. you know it just seemed a little weird um from a guy like neil who i mean i'm sure is a dog uh go ahead were you gonna say? Yeah, interestingly enough i kind of looked into a little bit of that and he was a server at roadhouse texas roadhouse for 10 years that, yeah. and he also said that um prior to that he had to go back into serving because he wasn't able to book a fight yeah um so i don't it just maybe he was just a real low point in terms of work sure. I, I don't know but yeah but it's like you know it does make you kind of question you know some of his last performances maybe he wasn't as focused or what for money financial mm-hmm. i don't know you I'm not, um, so, you know, that does kind of make me a little worried, although, you know, I'm sure he's realized that and has gotten better for it. You know, I definitely say his biggest advantage here is going to be on the feet. Um, but he also has really good takedown defense, um, you know, looking at some of the numbers. Um, so if he can force Luke into a stand-up battle and Luke does get hit a lot, 
You know, mm-hmm. he gets he gets hit in almost all of his fights. You know, anything can happen here. Right. Um, but I ultimately just think Luke is too well rounded and just on a bit of a different level than Neil at this moment. And I really. There's something about when guys beat Kiesa. I just, I really, I mean, I just, Kiesa's right. a dog. And, and Kiesa really had Luke in a bad spot there. So to get out of like really bad spots and then, and then still finish in the first round, I mean, I'm going to stay with Luke on this one as well. I just, like I said, I think at the moment he's just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go Luke. Mm, man, this is a tough one. I'll say third round sub. Yeah. So a little MMA math interesting for these two. Both these guys lost to Steven Thompson. And um, Bilal beat Luke and then Neil beat Bilal earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. So just some weird stuff there. Um, I, I think Luke is going to probably do a little bit of damage on the feet at first. But I just see him getting around that neck, man. I'm going to take uh, Luke second round Dars. Mm. Oh, going specific. Yeah. He, is, he does have a nasty Dars. Uh, also on this card, boys, as we mentioned, this is the Ultimate Fighter finale. Um, like I said, guys, we watch nothing. So we don't know much about these guys. Uh, the, the men's heavyweight finale is Mohamed Usman, brother of Kamara Usman. I've seen him fight on um, PFL before, um, but he is taking on Zach Pauga in the men's heavyweight finale. And then the women's flyweight um, is going to be Juliana Min- uh, Miller versus Borgen Walker. Um, so, like I said, couldn't tell you much about these people. <laughs> I did not watch any of the Ultimate Fighter. Um, you know, we had kind of talked last night about maybe what's the disconnect with the Ultimate Fighter. You know, mm-hmm. why isn't it doing well? And, you know, I kind of told you guys, I just think it's just we're in a different time now. And, with TV even, you know, like reality TV, like we had kind of talked about last night, back in the early 2000s, it was huge. You know, mm-hmm. you had Jersey Shore, like you said, the Kardashians, and, you know, it was just kind of a bigger thing. People really aren't watching cable TV, I feel like, in 2022. Um, and there, and another thing I said is there's just so much, not just UFC, but MMA on a weekly basis right. that, you know, to sit and watch a, an hour-long episode where you know, maybe five or, you know, 15, 20 minutes of it is fighting. And then the rest is just kind of reality TV based. You know, I just don't think that format works anymore. Um, not to go too tangential with this, but yeah. something else, like as I'm sitting here thinking about, I feel like the fans and the fighters themselves have just we've just evolved since yeah. the early 2000s. Yeah, like, you that's think a great of, like, point. You yeah. think about putting guys that we see today into that scenario, I just feel like it'd be awkward. Sure. I don't think you'd get the same type of TV you're, that we got then. Absolutely. And so anyway, that was just kind of a tangential thought. Yeah, and I think that, you know, guys get... Guys were really hungry when it first started, but now there's so many more opportunities with Bellator and One mm-hmm. and PFL that you don't have to put yourself in this house and try to make weight four weeks sure. in a row and stuff like that. And I think that, you know, it's also a personality thing with the coaches, I feel like, where it's just like, oh, I kind of want to see how these guys go back. Like, if they did, like, Khabib and Connor again or something like that. Like, See, I don't think – I still don't think it would translate. I don't know. So here's big names. Another thing kind of off of what Brandon said, too, about fans evolving and, and fighters, and like you've mentioned kind of evolving as well, is I also think – we kind of know enough about reality TV to know that everybody's not there because they're the best available heavyweight or women's flyweight. Sometimes you get there because your personality, right? Right. So it doesn't always lead to the best fights on the ultimate fighter, as opposed to like the contender series. Those guys are there because they've kind of earned the right to get there through their skill, through win, mm-hmm. whatever, you know what I'm saying? And, and contender series has brought a ton of stars to the UFC. Ultimate fighter has two, not as recently, though. You know, right. most of these guys, like, from O'Malley on are kind of coming in off Contender Series. We just so. saw that stat the other day. Didn't the Contender Series hold, like, 15 people right now that are in, like, the top 15? Yeah. yeah. Or, like, so that's pretty right. impressive. I right. think it would be better just to do, like, an embedded-style following of, like, the Contenders fighters right before they yeah. fight. Yeah. I'll watch that because that's, if yeah. this guy wins, there's a good chance, especially if he right. gets a finish, there's a good chance I see him on an undercard soon. Because you feel more, like... Yeah, like you just can build more of like a because the ultimate fighter. I don't even know the winners half the time, and yeah. I don't. And, and like they have, ha- there's plenty of champions who are sure. on the ultimate fighter and won it. But recently, it just hasn't been the case. Those guys haven't quite been making as much noise. Yeah, and that's why I said I just don't think that format really works in 2022. And they're trying to keep recreating the wheel a little bit when it's like, man, I just I don't think people care anymore. It's just yeah. throwing on YouTube for free or there something. There you go. Um, another fight I do want to mention, I have circled on this card, and I think people should take notice of this, and I'm going to tell you why, is Terrence T-Rex McKinney versus Eric Gonzalez. Mm. Because I have this feeling. That there's a really good chance that Mr. Patty Pimblett faces the winner of this next, especially if Terrence T Rex McKinney wins this. <laughs> I've got a feeling this is one that they're kind of watching. I feel like those two, like McKinney and Patty, 
they're kind of on similar paths, kind of right there. You know, last night, like I think a little bit like Drew Dober, a little bit too much for Patty right now. Um, Jakar Close was another guy that won last night that I could maybe see kind of right there with Patty. But there's something about these two young guys that I wonder if the UFC is kind of watching this one. Was Terrence's last fight against Dober? Yeah. He lost. Yeah. Right, but, but it was that he, real crazy. He, yeah, he heard him. He more. took it on like a two. He did it like a week or two. No, he had fought yeah. and then like fought a week or two later. So it was really quick turnaround. But he was on a crazy run before that. Yeah. Um, but I think lining those two up, I'm just telling you guys, I mean, I could be off on this, mm-hmm. but I saw that fight and I'm like, hmm, it, timelines make sense. Where they're at in the division makes sense. And um, yeah, we'll see. What's so. crazy is it almost wouldn't it make sense because if McKinney ends up finishing Dober, yeah. he moves way up. Yeah. So it could be one of those things if you're Patty, you're like, hmm, maybe give me somebody else because this guy is maybe, but, competitive yeah, with the big dogs. Uh, yeah, yeah, but McKinney's kind of that guy we talked about last time with Patty. You kind of got to give him somebody with a little bit of a name. McKinney's got that. Like I said, Eric Gonzalez, he's he's a decent, you know, he's been around for a while, but I think a guy like McKinney would be interesting. McKinney's a minus 900. If we yeah. get there, that's a fun How fight. is Sam yeah, Alvey still on these cards? Smiling at, Sam. And this says it's going to be at middleweight. Yeah, I don't know. It's he, he's, he's smiling Sam, dude. He's a, good, the game. he's a good guy. Yeah, let's yeah. get to the game. <laughs> oh, wrong one. I'm going to get a little background music going. Is this it? Is this our... Nope, that's not our music. Hold on. Where's our music, John? Oh, I think I took it off. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> I think I took our I think I replaced <laughs> it with something else. Uh that that makes it a little awkward. Because I think you guys have to think a lot. <laughs> so, oh geez. You're gonna have to I fill in we'll, the we'll silence see. here. So I'm gonna call this game more or less. Um and this is how we're gonna play it. Um Hopefully you guys understand it. You too. If the listeners don't, if the, as long as these guys understand it, I think as we get going, people will understand it. We're going to start with one fighter. I'll call that fighter Fighter One. I'll introduce him first and then um, to start the game. And then I'm going to introduce another fighter we'll just call Fighter Two. And it's going to be your guys' job to tell me if Fighter Two has more or less UFC finishes than Fighter One. So mm. that's how we're going to advance. But whichever fighter has more will then roll into the next round where I'll introduce another fighter and the game will continue for them. Yes, essentially. Okay. Um, So the point is, my point was to see who could go the more more rounds. Right. Um, But I don't think you guys are going long here. Um, you guys are not intelligent uh, at all. Jeez, um, man. So the the, no, the shame. It's really not. (laughs) Honestly, this is a tough game. Like I don't even know. How I could do if how I would fare in this, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, you guys are more than welcome in a couple weeks to put one together and, and challenge me for a little payback. So I almost wonder if we should just go points, like see who can get the most right. Um, do we need the whiteboards for this bad boy? No, you guys just think about okay. them and just say I'll, I'll start with one of you guys and then have the other one um, say it. But yeah, we'll just start it and we'll just kind of see how it goes and just kind of rack up the points. Because the point is, is when you miss one, you're supposed to be out and the other person can just keep, keep going. going. Right. But I just feel like you guys are going to go long. So if we miss one, we're out. You're out. You can miss the first one. and You guys could both miss the first one and game's over. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I, I feel like it could just... Maybe it should be points. Like we'll you. do points. I think that's what I'm saying. I I just... Yeah, I, I don't stakes. see... John, John gets this, like, twitch in his eye when he's feeling really on it. And it's, his eyes haven't twitched today, so that's I don't true. think he's on it. I don't think he's on it. All right. So we're going to start it up, boys. And Brandon prefers decision wins. That's Hard yes, fought, split out. decisions. Yeah. A little boring. Could have gone either way. Yeah. Yeah, maybe some, you know... A lot of control time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start out more or less, boys. Our first fighter starting this out on top of the hill, as John said, I like that that phrase, is going to be Kamara Usman. And I want you guys to tell me if he has more or less UFC finishes than Hamzat Shimaev. Ooh, okay. Let me oh, think. You, you more gonna, or less UFC, UFC finishes. finishes, and with no music, I really need you guys kind of be fast here. So oh I'm gonna give gosh. you like I'm gonna give you like five seconds. Five seconds. Like okay, I'll give you ten, and then I need answers from both of you. So five, four, three, two, less. one. John. Less. So you guys are both wrong. Oh my <laughs> like, god. This, this game would have been over. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> you guys suck. Zero points. Come on, guys. Mm. That one, I would have got that one. Hang on. This, the, that one, I would have got. I literally put that one first because I'm like, this should be the easiest one. Well, outside of Masvidal, when's the last time that Usman's got a finish? Burns. His last two fights have been finishes. Yeah, uh, Burns, Masvidal, Masvidal yeah. and... Colby was his last fight. Or, uh, yeah, um... Uh, well, he finished Colby the well, first still fight. Three. Yeah, so he's his oh, last yeah, like yeah. three out of four have been finished. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to think that first fight. I just remember it being easy. Late. All right, well, all right. zero zero. Right. So Usman has five, and Kamzat has four. 
So I mean that's ugh. close though. So Usman, you make it sound like it was like five to one. So Usman stays on top of the hill. Okay. So Usman stays. The next fighter is Conor McGregor. Does Usman have more or less UFC finishes, or does Conor McGregor have more or less UFC finishes than Kamara Usman? I'm gonna go with more. I'm gonna say less. Brandon got it. Mm. It is more. John, you are wrong. Connor has eight. Usman has mm, yeah. five. He had a lot in the beginning. I forgot about A lot the of turds. Yep. So Connor stays. Next fighter is Habib Nurmagomedov. Does he have more or less UFC finishes than Connor McGregor? Less. Less. It is less. Yeah. Habib has seven. Connor has eight. As we said, Connor stays again. I'm keeping track of my points. The next fighter is Jan Blachowicz. Does he have more or less UFC finishes than Conor McGregor? Oh, I really do. I'm going to say less. I'll say less as well. You guys are both right. Good job. I thought I really thought that's where it would end. It. I thought you guys mm. would win. Uh, Jan has seven. Conor has eight. So Conor stays again. The mm. next fighter is John Jones. Does Conor McGregor or does John Jones have more or less UFC finishes than Conor McGregor? More. I'm going to go more as well. He has more. John has 10 to Connor's 8. John Jones stays. The next fighter, Derek, the Black Beast Lewis. Does he have more or less UFC finishes than John Jones? More. He's got a record. I'll say more. He does have more. He has 13 to John's 10. Derek Lewis is back on top. The next fighter, Max Holloway. Does he have more or less UFC finishes than Derek Lewis? Mm, less. Yeah, I'll say less. He does have less. He has 11 to Lewis's 13. Derek, Warming up a little bit. Derek Lewis stays. The next fighter, Anderson the Spider Silva. More or less UFC finishes than Derek Lewis? More. I'm going to say less. He has more. Let's mm. go. How does... Come on. I'm Let's just go. To, just trying to think it all in my head. You're giving me five seconds to do points run through the thing. I have five. Uh, seven. Anderson Silva has 14 mm. to Derek Lewis's 11. The last round right here, boys. is Worth 100 points. Is <laughs> Nate Diaz. Does Nate Diaz have more or less UFC finishes than Anderson the Spider Silva? I'm going to go less. I'm going to go less as well. It is less. He yeah. has eleven. Good job, boys. You, did, eight, you both bad. did a little better than I thought. Today. You guys, five seconds is tough to run through somebody's like sure. catalog. In your I just head. didn't want the game to go so long. Because <laughs> if I gave you guys time to think, Brandon will switch his answer seven times. Yeah, and he'll he'll second guess himself. Hey, I won the game. And so I, what was you, the final score, Brandon? Eight. You, I had eight. You yeah, had six eight. to eight. Six to eight. All right, that's better. That's not. I bad. mean, granted, if we went by the original rules, it would have been zero zero, and we would have got skunked. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I just had this feeling like I did not think it would be the first. That's one. a tough one, man. Hamza and Usman was definitely the toughest of all. It was a little us. tricky, I guess, just because I mean, you know, you know, Usman's just started finishing, and Hamza started finishing, mm -hmm. so I could see it being a little tricky. But, but we did warm up. You did warm up. I'll give it you that. Uh, let's get to the news. Going on the news. Mm. Going on the news. Mm -mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. <laughs> All right, fellas. Uh, I'm going to start off with some fight announcements and then move my way into some other things. Um, one that I'm kind of excited for, Cub Swanson and Jonathan Martinez getting added to the October 15th fight night. Oh, yeah. Um, Cub obviously looking better in his last one, and Jonathan Martinez is always tough. Uh, another one I'm actually really excited for for 279, the big boys, Jake Collier and Chris Barnett. If you guys don't know, Chris Barnett is the one who hit that wheel kick in his, I don't know yeah. if it was his last fight or the fight before. Yeah. And Jake Collier's looked really good. Um, yeah. Was supposed to fight like Justin Toffa, I believe, and stuff kind of got messed up with that. Um, another fight announcement that could be bad for my boy, for the for the heartbreak boys, but Edson Barbosa versus Ilya Tapora, booked uh, October 29th for Vegas 62. Could be the last chance for my boy Barbosa. Tapiria is really tough. Um, I did see um, Calvin Cater's calling for Arnold Allen. Um, he said they were already booked to do it last fall. They've asked the UFC for it again. They've both kind of talked about wanting to do that fight. I think that'd be a really good fight for somebody yeah. like Arnold Allen, who's kind of looking for another um, signature win. Uh, moving on, um, interesting. Uh, I don't know if you guys seen in the press conference, Yair said that he's waiting for Alexander Volkanovsky and is not interested in a Josh Emmett um, interim fight. Dana White is, yeah. Well, that makes sense for him, and it's kind of and it kind of makes sense for Yair in the sense of he does ha had a really weird run of people getting hurt. And yeah, but I feel like that weird. plays against it more than anything. 
Especially when Josh Emmett's just been blowing well. The Josh Emmett fight could go weird. I mean, I, I, I don't mean, know. it could, but at least you'd have a winner. Yeah. Even if it even if it go, ends weird, if there's a clear winner, you'd at least have a clear number one contender. Right. So, and he might not have a choice if, if yeah, Volkanovski ends up going up, or if they end up kind of pushing the uh, envelope Look, on that. I think Yair's great, but I just don't know that he's done enough to like be a clear cut number one contender today. When you look at what Josh Emmett's done and the run he's went on, even though I know a lot of people, the last fight with Cater was pretty close, but you know, it, you just it's just it's not really there. So for you, me. you think it should be like either him and Emmett or Emmett taking? I, I honestly think it should be Emmett. I mean, I don't think Emmett should have to fight again. He's like what eight in a row, something like that, mm-hmm. something crazy. Um, and you know, Yair, a little weird, some some stuff here and there. Always looks great when he fights. I'm not mm-hmm. like I said, I don't think he's incapable of competing or beating uh, Josh Emmett or Alexander Volkanovsky. It's just I feel like to this point, I feel like if anybody's made themselves a more clear cut number one contender, it's yeah, him. and it's tough when Emmett. you beat number two as well as when you talk about comparing them. Because I mean, he beat him, but yeah, I mean, it was it was, I mean, it's, it was a, it's a win. It's a win. It, it's a win. But and it's a better win than win anything the, that Emmett has had. Well, it's a win point. the same way that Blades just won over Aspinall. Right? right. I'm just saying when you look at yeah. when it's all on paper, it does make it compelling. Yeah, but, but when you look at the performance, it's like not eh. not in a rush to put Blades up there against Ngannou or exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Also uh, announced, DC has said, and we've kind of seen it said by some other people, but Kamara Usman getting put into the cast of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever. It'll be interesting. He's he's real jacked. And I hope it's a, like a big role. I yeah. Think be, you doubt it's it. It's probably going to be like one of those like just warriors on the King's, side. King's guard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he, he has it though. If um, he has like just like one sweet fight scene though, that's like, oh, this is like just made this whole movie. I'd be with that. Right. Cool. Even if he gets stabbed at the end or something. like <laughs> Right. Um, we also have some interesting news on rule changes in MMA. Um, they made a change Wednesday to with the allowance of soft neoprene sleeves on fighters' knees or ankle joints. Some athletic commissions have already followed through with that, but some of them have prohibited them. Um, so that's something they're going to start allowing now. They also approved at the ABC conference was the publishing and distribution of an MMA scoring ladder chart, which in theory will make understanding the judging criteria more accessible and easier to understand. Mm-hmm. And then also on that... They've decided to change the eye poke instead of it just being a bring the doctor in and make a decision right there. It's going to be treated the same as a low blow. Well, a fighter will have five minutes to recover. Which is funny because I guess I just always I never realized that there wasn't a time limit. You for thought eye it was pokes. still like that. I thought it was so, always yeah. five, five minutes. So, um, and I know this is kind of off the heels of the Sean O'Malley, yeah. Pedro Munoz, where maybe he could have recovered if you gave, gave him, him five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah, um, it's a good point. So that's interesting. I, well, interesting to see how that changes. You know, even like the stuff that might not have been a real eye poke like the way that they look at that'll be interesting now i I was telling you guys i think the the knee sleeves and the ankle i I think that's an interesting rule change because my understanding was the reason why some we talked about this last night is the reason some commissions disallowed it was to try to stop guys from coming in and fighting injured um like we've talked about last night with francis we know he came in with knee injuries with the sleeves uh sumu darji a couple weeks ago just fought with the sleeves on and he was fighting with no ACL, I think, or mm-hmm. something like that. So it's like, I kind of thought that's why they did away with those was to try to stop guys from, you know, trying to protect guys from themselves, essentially. Um, so kind of interesting there. And I, I, I just, we'll see how that translates because, you know, we've seen guys that recently that have come in with pre-existing injuries, or at least we believe, and then it goes really bad in the cage. Yeah, I don't like that rule at all. Yes. Yeah. All right, well, last thing I got for you, and it's probably the most disappointing thing for little Brandon over here, but Jake Paul fight is off. Yeah, dang um, it! This dang, dang it, Hasim Rockman Jr. He was hoping to watch his third boxing fight this decade. Yeah, it, from what I, there's a post made by or a statement made by Most Valuable Promotion, which is Jake Paul's promotion, yeah. that essentially they agreed to fight at 200 pounds, and um, the, basically the commission would only do it if he'd would be losing no less than 10% of his body weight over the four weeks leading up to the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they checked back up with him. He weighed 216 pounds July 7th. They checked back up with him. They said they had like a nutritionist sign of things saying, oh, no, he's good. He's going to be on weight. Then they come up with him. In the last 48 hours, it's became clear that he hasn't. He only lost one pound since that weigh-in. The promotion or the sanction, the commission changed it to possibly being a 205 fight. Uh, Jake Paul was okay with that. And then 
Rockman's team basically told them that they intended on showing up at 215 mm -hmm. and they're not going to get down to 205. And then at that point, the fight was taken off. So Jake Paul's scared. <laughs> well, did you hear what Dana said? I actually like what Dana said. Yeah, he didn't sell enough tickets. So he was like, yeah, he's like, I think they have sold under a million dollars in tickets. It costs $500,000 just to turn the lights on at Madison Square Garden. And he was, because you know Jake Paul took the old... Uh, accountant yeah, from the, the UFC, UFC that runs that promotion and he was just basically like I think Jake needs to get better people in his team he's like look just because you worked here as an accountant doesn't mean you know how to run a promotion I, I fair play right. to Dana that I think that's 100% true um, and I would be very interested to see what the ticket sales were and if that's what's going on here the fact that it costs half a million dollars just to turn the lights on at Madison Square Garden, which he did say, like, I don't know, like, that's for us. I don't know, maybe if they've negotiated something different. That's another thing, like, going a little bit back into, like, the whole don't fighter you do pay it. Don't you do it. I saw that. I saw your eyes. <laughs> Who pays for that? <laughs> I saw his eyes. As soon as I said that, I saw his eyes go, wait a minute. It's uh, Modelo pays for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First sponsor. Well, probably they do. But, you know, it's just, it would be interesting. And, and like, Dana was like, I feel bad for both of them. You know, like, they both invested time money mm -hmm. everything into this fight um so i have I a question know. for it's you guys real quick how interesting would it be if ufc fighters can make a condition of how much somebody can like blow up after a fight or what the fight well, that's fight what night one weight. does yeah you know one does the the hydration tests and and um things like that so i mean it's not like completely unheard of because imagine that. somebody like izzy who weighs in at 84 83 probably yeah. doesn't gain more than a couple pounds and somebody like paula costa who Patty Pimblett. Or, yeah, Patty Pimblett. Um, even um, Alex Pereira, Chandler. Like, we've seen people who just get Dude, huge. Davison last night. I told you guys, I bet Davison weighs like 160 right now. I'd rather see more weight classes than a rule like that implemented. Yeah, right. I, I, I like would agree. I think that's the start. I feel like you're yeah. just, it's just more restrictions on the mm -hmm. possibility of a fight taking place. And I just, yeah. there's already so many variables right. that could stop a fight from happening. I just don't want another one. Yeah, no, I agree. That's it for the news, boys. John, song of the week. What you got? My song of the week is going to be One Wish by Ray J because my one wish would be <laughs> that. Um, you do realize we have to post this with like our picture. Or our right. <laughs> my one wish is that Brandon Moreno wouldn't have got kicked in the or wouldn't have kicked. Can you please pick another song? Like we cannot no. post that. Why not? One Wish by Ray J. We're gonna is a good song. We're going to advertise this episode in our Instagram stories with One Wish by Ray yeah. J. It's a classic, John. You let him pick like classical songs, and it works. At least no, it, works. it doesn't. Yeah, it does like his, his, like it's like 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 when he does like the heavier rock stuff. It I picked, works. I picked Daniel Caesar two weeks ago. It worked though. I had a good. This is dude. what's wrong with this one? Is it vulgar? No, no. It's a I great song. I don't know. Ugh. It's a classic, <laughs> John. This is an MMA mixed martial arts show. Yeah, we have to promote. Jacob comes out to Katy Perry, dude. It happens. It, we have to. I would be okay with that. We have no, to. No, dude. We have to promote Ray J. One Wish, man. This week's episode. That's with my Ray. pick, John. Please plan B. Just put a little disclaimer. No, this you've got to pick another song. That'll <laughs> that'll be the song. Give us an honorary. Okay, that'll be song of the week. What's the one we can use on social media? That, I mean, that's the one for me, oh, John. That's all I've thought about all day. I mean, I appreciate the thought. Of like it tying into the fight and how you feel. I didn't think you would be the one that would like try to handcuff my music pick. I thought it would be it's this just guy, bad. But. That's bad. That's like a little bit too. No, like, it's not. If I had one wish, you picked you the offshoot Fifty Cent song last week. That was a great song. Is it great? Yeah, it's a great song mm. and it works for for this podcast. No. <laughs> Oh, hold on a second. Uh, we'll just know. We'll I definitely just, felt. I definitely agreed. I thought it'd be me that would have more issues with. Uh, the you've never heard this song though. No, no great song. When you hear it and you realize that's how we advertise our episodes is with the song of the week. <laughs> well, my my backup song will be Peloton by IDK. Alrighty, I don't know what that is, but I'll listen to it. <laughs> so you don't even know. That. Uh, it's got to be better. <laughs> it's got to be a better option. Uh, <laughs> Unless he's trolling and I go and I'm just like, okay, if it ends up being one wish. <laughs> Get the pick. I think at this point I might just use one wish. <laughs> I mean, it's a classic. <laughs> Brandon, it is a hey, I love that song. Great song, but for promoting a mixed martial, I feel like people are gonna click on like what? They'll be like, oh, I kinda gotta listen to this now because where does this come from? Uh, Brandon, what is your one for the people? Uh, I kind of already talked to you guys about a little bit of both. Um started my the first nonfiction book I've read in like probably seven years yes. i'm reading lord of the rings boys i'm mm. jumping in going head first um, yeah uh big news coming out of the psych world real quick the imbalance theory of chemicals mm. for depression more than likely not the case just in case that was your 
your considerations there. You might want to rethink it. So nice. anyway. And he'll send you the PDF files. Yeah. If you send them to us. Yeah. <laughs> There's only about 5,000. Big news, boys and girls. I got, I got halfway through page two and I was like, it's too early for this. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand half of these I words. read like the opening, um, like mono, like the thing at the beginning. The abstract. And I, I just like completely lost. I don't like, want, I think you guys underestimate the amount of like geekiness I have. With some I, of I was okay <laughs> with reading it. It just went over my head. Like I didn't understand like the yeah, they can be tough alpha to read. 10 or may, or something. Yeah, I had to start and skipping down the terms. It's an umbrella <laughs> yeah. review, which literally means it's the, the largest source of information you can pull for a single article Fair enough. in scientific literature. Like, so it's the biggest thing I could possibly send you to be honest. How it's much, nice. like how much did it in like uh consume your week? Like how much? I probably, I literally not, not even joking spent about two hours reading it on a friday night i mean it's your job so i mean i understand it's your career yeah. you're very passionate about it and i can respect yeah. well, that's that. a big point too and it? it's a very it's big a very point. big deal yeah, yeah it is very a very big, big deal. deal uh john what is your one for the people <sighs> my one for the people is football season's coming up baby oh, i cannot Ooh. wait so high. i cannot wait I've been watching training camp stuff. I'm trying to get on Twitter to oh, see stuff. So <laughs> I'm just okay. so ready. So who's like, go ahead and run through your overreaction like every Colts <laughs> fan does. About, <laughs> oh, this guy did this in college and is whatever. Um, I think Matt Ryan's going to do really well. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to actively pay attention to the Eagles this year just so I can talk oh, to you guys. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. I'm going like to make that, that a point. I like to hear actively. that. Actively. <laughs> like and I'm excited and nervous about Notre Dame-Ohio State week one. Ooh, that is a big one. Yeah. Man. That's going to be I'm fun. actually going to Notre Dame-Cal in September, so... Nice flex. Uh, my one for the people, Sean Fallon. Shout out mm-hmm. to him. Gets a huge win uh, this past Saturday at Coliseum Combat 60 in Maryville, Indiana. Uh, submitting Zach Eddington via first round standing guillotine, I believe I saw. Um that's a huge win that's for a tough guy, too. And yeah, especially on that rematch. Somebody that's tough. A, yeah. So, yeah, it was a rematch, and you know, for people that maybe don't know who like Zach Eddington is, you probably don't. I mean, some people don't know who Sean Fallon is. Go back and check our Matt talk with him. We've interviewed him on this show. King uh, of the rematch. Man. Yeah, we're gonna be well, we're gonna do a rematch with him. We got we got Sean <laughs> Fallon coming on here soon. Um, but man, just a just a really really awesome guy. But a guy like Zach Eddington is tough, mm-hmm. man. There's no easy fights with Zach Eddington. So for Sean to go out and finish him that way. You know, I was telling you guys, um, we were talking about it a little bit, and it's like, I don't know what this guy has to do at this point to get to the UFC, Bellator, PFL, one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sean, like I said, since 2016, I think I told you guys, he's he's now 13-2. and two. He's had two five-fight win streaks in that time, like eight career finishes or nine career finishes now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's on like a three-fight win streak now. Or two or three. I mean, it's just like, what does this guy have to do to get to the next level? Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully, Corey Anderson can put in a good word for him. Yeah, I mean, this guy deserves it, man. I mean, it's it's just insane. Like I, I texted Jacob today. We were talking about. It. I was like, if his next fight isn't for one of these big promotions, we riot, right? And it's gonna start boy here cop, on the boy neon. Cop. Bo- yeah, <laughs> it's gonna start here on the Neon Belly Podcast. But uh, if you don't know who Sean Fallon is, uh, go check him out on Instagram at Sean Connor Fallon. Like I said, big uh, big name guy coming out of Indiana, and you're gonna be hearing about him soon. I think in mm-hmm. one of these big promotions possibly like i said if it's not his next fight it's just ridiculous right. at this point that's it boys we're out of here party. jesus <laughs> jesus man i don't even know anymore <laughs> gotta start putting pictures on those buttons my boy boys we will be back next week to break down this ufc fight night and spin it forward to the next one it's my last episode for a week. I'll be off the following week, so... Enjoy the song of the week. Yeah, yeah enjoy. <laughs> I'm using it. Screw it. John's going to have to answer for it. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>